Hey everybody, it's Linnea from Getting High with True Crime. Uh, it's only the third take of saying that and finally got it right. Anyways, um, I just wanted to let you guys know Melissa is out again this weekend and uh, I was able to get Natasha from the Red Rum Podcasters back on for uh, co-hosting. So I uh, hope you guys all take a moment to take a listen to their podcast and by all means, uh, tell everyone about ours and theirs and share the good news um, of what you've heard and what you like. Uh, also, just to let you guys all know, we are at 980 uh, downloads, so we're getting really close to announcing that 1,000 download giveaway. Uh, I imagine I will be announcing that probably later next week um, if we keep trending the way we're trending. So that is awesome, and thank you for all the support. So now um, I'm just going to give you a little uh, blurb from the Red Rum Podcasters and what they're about. Hello, everybody. I'm Kristen. And I'm Natasha. And we are the Red Rum Podcasters. We talk true crime, the spooky and the kooky, and all around weird stuff. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Red Rum Podcasters. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and many, many more. Stay strange. Please note that the following podcast includes discussions of crimes and violence. It may contain graphic descriptions that could be disturbing to some listeners. The show also features talk about the consumption of cannabis, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There we go. Why, thank you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. So, uh, it's episode 24 of Getting High with True Crime. It's Milanea as per usual. And again, this week, we have Natasha from the Red Rum Podcasters co-hosting as a fill-in for uh, Melissa, who's busy this week. I don't remember if she's camping, but she's she totally asked if she could have the week off. So, I'm like, okay, well, I'm naturally going to... Ask Natasha if she wants to co-host again. <laughs> so yes, suckers, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, it or not, I think it, it it went well last time because um I went from we were at 930 some downloads I think um before the last episode dropped and then now we're at 980. Last I checked last Dang. night. So, we're- so yeah, I mean we had a, I mean I had a blast and it yeah. was really awesome. And what I thought was funny was um. Actually, I went to work. It was maybe like Tuesday, Wednesday after you had posted the episode. And mm-hmm. my co-host came and found me yeah. like in my department and was like, you're, you're not going to believe this. This is so funny. And I was like, well, you know, what the hell's going on? And she was like, she's like, yeah, this lady came up to me today and was like, I heard something about you. She goes, it scared the hell out of me. I thought I did something wrong. And apparently 
she listened to your podcast. Oh. <laughs> and she heard me on there. And so yeah. then she went to look at ours and like listen to our intro. And as she was listening to the intro, she's like, wait a minute. I know people with these names. And they're from around here. She's like, what are the odds that it's not the, the same, same people? people? So she went and found her and was like, wait a minute, you got a podcast. And so she actually went there. And, and I've had a lot of people where, you know, I, I've been telling them that I record. So like our episode where I mentioned it isn't going to be out until next week. But on like everybody at work, I was talking about it. And so I was like giving out like the name of your pod. I'm like, go check it out. You know, <laughs> I was like, go listen to it. And so hopefully, you know, I was like, that hopefully it helps a little bit because I was just like, I didn't have any business cards or anything, but I was hoping they could remember the title because it's not oh, too hard. It's not too hard. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that somebody working right there with us in our tiny <laughs> little town, and ironically, they found us because they listened to you first, and we're right there the whole time. That actually <laughs> so makes like, me happy. <laughs> that makes yeah, me so I was happy. like, that was the one of the Like, I kind of tell her because it's pretty cool. That is awesome. That is really awesome. I'm. That makes me happy to know more people like are listening to it because i mean first when we first dropped it was all just canadians that would listen to us it was probably yep. all people i knew <laughs> and yes yeah, so all of ours were like people within like 20 miles <laughs> i was like yeah actually yep. we have a new one too so uh we have argentina now on the roster that's oh, listening wow. to it. and i was like oh i was like well that one's new like hey there's like hello person awesome. in argentina <laughs> yeah like hello person yeah, so, it was it was good. So I'm glad to be back. That's good. Well, I'm glad to have you back. So our episode today is kind of I I say local in the sense that it's from my province that I I grew up in here in Alberta. Um, I ne I've actually never been to this place. Uh, it's a major place here in Alberta because <coughs> that's where a lot of the work is. Um, so Fort McMurray, North eastern alberta like it's way the fuck up there uh they've gone through a lot past oh i'd say last seven years or so but like they um i have my old neighbors actually moved up there after they had major fires that burned down big sections of yeah. fort mcmurray and stuff and uh we actually they were finding people host families so like further south to take in people that had been displaced by this or while they were all being evacuated. And actually my neighbors on one side hosted a family and my neighbor on the other side hosted another family. And the cool thing about the neighbor on the one side is they had two little dogs. And the more I saw the one little dog, I'm like, I've seen this dog before. This dog is really <laughs> familiar. And so I got talking with the people who own the dog. And they're like, oh, yeah, we actually, like, adopted him from, like, Petland and Red Deer. And I'm like, about how long ago? And so they said, because, like, this dog was old. And uh, it turns out I was the one that adopted it out to these people. And I remember him as a puppy. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's crazy. I know. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, that's so crazy. Yeah, it was really kind of cool. So, I mean, sometimes disasters bring out interesting experiences and stuff so makes the world seem that much smaller right yeah so it's, it's pretty crazy and so you guys you know, have all those fires and everything and like it even affected us down here oh yeah so, you guys got like, all our smoke like, yeah like i went outside i was like what the hell's going on i can't see anything and like we have all these warnings going up all over the state mm -hmm. 
and saying, you know, stay inside. You know, the air quality is not good. Oh, yeah, it's stuff. horrible. And I'm just like, it, what's funny is I didn't connect the two at first. I'm just like, what the hell's going on? Like, what is it? What is it? Deadly fog? I'm like, what's happening? And then someone was like, the fires. And I was like, oh. Yeah, don't worry. Canada's just burning. It's okay. <laughs> I do have to ask, though. So mm-hmm. like you, you refer to it as a, as a province. Is that like the same as like a state for us? Yeah. So- yeah. It would be the equivalent of. Okay. Yeah. So. Alberta uh, in Canada is known as the Texas of Canada. We apparently are all rednecks and whatnot. So everything bigger there. It well, yeah, the trucks—they're all jacked up with like yep. huge ass tires and shit. Sounds um, about right. Yeah, but you got to remember, we all a good chunk work in oil field or industries where they need these trucks to go to these jobs because they're not on paved roads they're not on like even nice gravel roads you have to drive True, out to a lease sometimes but, oh no there's I, a little overcompensation going i would agree i i'm the girl that like some jacked up truck will rip down my street i'll be like sorry about your small penis like yeah you know. exactly which on one hand i also think that those trucks are sexy as hell some Just, of them are done upright and they look oh. amazing Others oh, yeah, they're, they're just great, look stupid. But um, I also uh, dated slash married a man who also had a very large jacked up truck. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a little upsetting. Like true to form on the sorry about your penis. <laughs> so, I was like, well, this is unfortunate. Oh, man. <laughs> like, oh. like well, this really sucks. But, you know, I married him and it's actually my uh, kid's dad. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah which that's funny yeah yeah but uh we're alberta in canada is also known as one of the most giving provinces as well so we're also the type that will um if uh, something's going on somewhere else in the country we will actually rally together and do what we can to help you out so yeah it is and we don't seem to get as much of the love back when we need it but of course not because that's how society is yeah, so, but at the same time, we're like, you know what? You do you. We'll take care of it ourselves. So yeah. we get it done we when we need you. to. <laughs> exactly. That's we like don't. us. Like, we, you know, from being from a small town, I mean, literally, I I can't go anywhere within like 10, 15 miles without somebody knowing who the hell I am. Exactly. They know yeah. who I am. They know who my family is. They know what's going on. And like we do, like there'll be um, like, a family you know something bad happens which actually um we had a few years back one of the girls i went to school with like i, I played a lot of sports with her and her brother was overseas mm-hmm. and he uh died oh, uh he there was a landmine involved and he Ooh. you know did make it um yeah. but i mean the whole town. I mean, everybody came together. We made sure, you know, that anything <laughs> they needed, they had it. You know, people were bringing them meals so they didn't have to cook anything. Yeah. And we actually, I mean, there was a legit, like, parade with his casket. The entire town shut down. That's and the crazy. Whole of our, our one main street that goes through town, um, he, he, he rode the entire way. And people were lined. I mean, packed the whole way to show their respect for this man and That's awesome yeah it was, it was great you know i mean it was unfortunate 
you know, for them and everything. I mean, he was a good kid, and, but it was nice to see everybody come together and, yeah. and, support. and all that. And it's, yeah. And, and we're always, you know, there's always events for, you know, donations for, you know, school stuff or, you know, this organization or that organization and, and everybody around here, like almost everything's locally owned. So it, it's, it's not like a big chain. I mean, except for like, you know, the fast food, the gas stations, right. um, but we have a lot of locally owned stuff and, and they'll, you know, put up, you know, fundraisers and stuff like that and help support each other and like all this stuff. So it's, it's really cool to see that stuff happen. So. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, that's one thing that's nice about small, you most small towns is that that support and sense of community is definitely there. So, yeah, but you can't get away with anything. No, no, that is very (laughs) true. That is so true. (laughs) So whenever I go outside in my jammies to check my mail, I wonder how many people in this town know that I've done that in my underwear before. My my neighbor across the street, she does that all the time. She slippers, house coat, doesn't even do her hair, and fucking That's me. goes and gets the mail and then goes to Tim Hortons like that. And I'm like, okay, oh, I'm I just get the mail and go back inside. Oh no, she don't. She don't give two just... fucks. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Like there's been times where like I've got like sweatpants, you know, and a baggy t-shirt, and my hair's a fucking disaster. And I'm like, I grab my keys, like to walk out the door, and my husband's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I'm like. I gotta run to the store. He's like, like that? I'm like, well, do you want to go? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, well, they quit bitching. This is how I'm going. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was with COVID. Like, I'm not I gonna just... get all dressed up to go to the store. When COVID was happening, I'd be like, I'd... and I'd have to do a Walmart run. I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not even putting on a bra. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> I just go. Yeah, well, so unfortunately, I, I'm not. A... I that's the one rule. I'm not allowed to like. If I get out of my car, now, if I'm just, like, going to, like, hit up a drive through or something, it's no big deal. But I'm not allowed yeah. to get out of my car in public without a bra. Because, like, uh. these things are, like, way out of control. And, like, and I tell my husband, I was like, I wish I had little titties, you know, so I could just, like, be cute and just, like, walk around with no bra, like, throw some Band-Aids on my nipples and call it good. Um, but, yeah, I don't have that luxury because, like, they're, they're large and in charge and, and they will make it aware, you know, <laughs> like, hey, look at me. She's not wearing a bra today. And I yep. can't get away with it. So I'm yeah. always stuck. That's why one reason I don't like to leave the house because I don't like to wear a bra. That's so, fair. Yeah. That is, I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so this takes place in Fort McMurray. So, uh, and as I said, it's a major hub for our oil industry here in Alberta. And this takes pa- place back in 2002. So I would have been like 20. That was a while ago, man. I think I was 12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the good old days. The good old days packed before the world had gone nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this case is about Robert Lavore. Um, and he was a local DJ and musician in Fort McMurray. Uh, so Robert had a hectic life between DJing and his other side jobs. Even though his family also lived in Fort McMurray, he did not see them as often as I'm sure some people would have liked. Uh, he did phone his family weekly, though, to talk and keep up to date on whatever's going on with everybody else. Yeah. So he was still in touch, still involved in the family. Um, at one point, though, his family realized it had been more than two weeks since Robert had last checked in. And mm-hmm. to them, that was really unusual because he'd like yeah. every week, like clock, clockwork. 
Uh, his family grew concerned as they were aware that Robert you did use cocaine frequently, so they were aware of his drug habit. Um, they were wondering if maybe he was in trouble or maybe he OD'd. Uh, yeah. they, they quickly reported him as a missing person. Uh, so the report was taken by police, but no investigation was done. Uh, the police didn't make any announcements to the public. Um, and the police assumed that Robert was an ad- adult and that he may have disappeared because he did not want to be found or that Don't he would just, that? I know it's like, or that he would just show up after taking a trip that he didn't tell his family about. And, but like, I, I'm, I'm assuming he still would have called if he was away on a trip, yeah. you know, so it seems suspicious. And obviously if they're reporting him missing, he's not the type to just go disappear for a while and then show yeah, up and- again. And I understand, you know, like law enforcement not wanting to, you know, waste resources. Yeah. And I can I can also understand, you know, like, okay, you know, you're aware he uses like cocaine. Maybe he went on a bender and he didn't call. Like, I I get that. But to me, I'm like, if if the entire family is saying this motherfucker calls me every week like clockwork yeah but he's not called me in two weeks and like he's not answering his phone and like he's not been active anywhere else like something is clearly wrong like and i'm horrible because i look at it as like are the cops just being lazy yeah but then again i also how many times has something similar happened and it's just either the person did go on a bender and forgot to call or they got in an argument with somebody else and they decided to, you know, snub the family for a little bit or, you know, and they were fine. And, and, and so they spend all these, you know, man hours tracking this person down just to find out that they're fine the whole time. So, so I get both, but yeah, at the same time, it, it's very frustrating because it almost seems like they are more it, it, like there's, there's an argument there of, well, we looked and nothing was wrong. Okay, so you, you clearly went out and you looked. So why won't you go out and look when I'm telling you something's wrong? Like, what's the difference between the cases, which tells them either flag it as a runaway or actually investigate it? Like, I don't know what criteria, if, if, if there is any. Well, how hard? Maybe they got to check all the boxes. Yeah. Well, how hard would it be to send one officer out to do a welfare check? How hard? Not hard. Yeah. So like and like from what I my research I could not see where that they even did that. So and they which and I don't even know now if it's like um not an elderly person I don't know if they would send someone out for a welfare check. They or, and you know? I I would normally agree with that, but I've seen it done many times, like especially in Central Alberta. I don't know how Northern Alberta works for that because my adult life has mainly been in Central South Alberta. Um, so, and each area is kind of, you get a different tone of people and they deal with things slightly differently. Um, but, uh, down here, they do welfare checks all the time. So I don't, I don't know. I've never had to, I've I've never had to to deal with that situation like ever. So, yeah. um, I mean, we usually, again, small town, like we have tabs on everybody and, and if something is is wrong or something might potentially be wrong yeah then you got brother sister cousin uncle you know everybody the whole fucking cruise together and we're out looking i mean my my grandpa had alzheimer's and 
uh, many a times he would wander off yeah. uh, from his house before he got put in uh, an institution. Um, and, I mean, we would literally, we'd make calls and it'd be like, hey, you know, grandpa's missing. And so, like, the, the cousins and the kids and, you know, we'd all go out, we'd search the woods, we'd search, and he'd be walking down the road in his underwear. And yeah. we'd be like, all right, like, let's go home now yeah. and, <laughs> and try to get him back there and and that kind of thing. So with me, I feel like even if now that I, I know that there's some instances where, uh, you know, like said, they're calling every week. So clearly these people might not live close enough by that they could check on their own yeah. and they might not know anybody in his area to have them go check. So I see where that could be a thing. Yeah. Well, and he rented a room off of some this other guy so they might not have felt comfortable just going to this other guy's house and going hey have you seen robert you know like it's it's one of those situations too so see and then like my thought on that is if all right so let's let's assume that uh we fast forward in time and i am now old and my son is now an adult and he's like yeah i'm gonna rent this room from this dude in fort wayne uh which is a bit of ways like far enough that i probably would unless i really thought something was wrong i would not fucking drive there yeah uh, and it's like ooh, you know maybe it's a sketchy area i don't know this guy i would like literally be like hey i need to know like what's this guy's name and what's his contact information in case something happens like and i would want that guy to have my information so that if anything happened he could reach out to us and, yeah. and let us know but i'm also the person that like i'm not a I'm not really too shy. That's true. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> like ever in my life, I've never been known for being shy. So, but that's just me. But I, I, I know there's people out there that, like you said, they might just be like, eh, a little standoffish, you know, I'm not comfortable, you know, yeah. showing up or they might not even know. You might've not told them. They might just been like, oh, Hey, like there's this guy I, you know, met in college or this guy I met at the bar and whatever. And I'm going to, I'm going to stay with him and rent this room out. And he might not have even told them. So they might have no idea. Well, chances are, if you're just renting your room, it's not like you're going to be inviting your family over to visit and stuff, right? Because it's not like you're exactly. renting the whole house. So they yeah. might not even know where this location was. <clears throat> so they reported it. Nothing really seemed to be done about it. Uh, and this was uh, it was not long before Christmas, I think. Uh, so the year finished and the new year, kind of like the first part of the year passed. And there were still no signs of Robert and his family was growing frustrated with the lack of response from the RCMP. Uh, during the whole time, Robert's family had been searching. So they put up missing posters. They were trying to ask whoever they could ask, like okay. do, do a lot of the footwork on their own. And it wasn't until July of 2003 that the police really started to show an interest in Robert's missing person case. The delay in progress had been major uh, a major upset to Robert's family, but they had begun to wonder if the police had delayed the investigation on purpose, uh, and that maybe they knew something that they weren't sharing. So well, that's interesting. I, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I don't really think that that's where my mind would go. No, but I mean, but I mean eventually, I've not been in that situation. Yeah, I, I mean, no, well, yeah. I guess if if they went from you know they say they know nothing, and they're not doing anything. They say they don't have any news. They're being real, um, you know, close to the vest or whatever. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it's like they just decide to be interested in it and they have all this information. Then, yeah, I'd probably be a little sketchy. Be like, well, the, why the fuck didn't you tell us this the whole yeah. time? 
Yeah. It's, instead of it. So I could see that. I think I might yeah. turn my air on really. So, <laughs> so yeah. Be quiet. <laughs> so the police were holding back information. And about a month after Robert had been reported missing, a man approached the RCMP and told them that a friend of his had told them that he had killed Robert. What? Yep. <clears throat> so police had this information the whole time, but for some reason they didn't. Well, I mean, they don't know any answers. They don't really know anything. So they're not going to talk to the police. Right. I yeah, mean, talk true. to the I guess, family. You know, there's, there's no body. There's no evidence. It's just somebody saying a, that he's. Yeah. yeah. Prove so, it, you know? Yeah. So uh, Dax Richard Mack was the name of the man who had confessed to this man about killing Robert. Dax was also another DJ in Fort McMurray and happened to be the owner of the home where Robert had been living. They had Ooh. both. Yeah. They had both occupied the house at the same time and Robert rented a room from Dax. So this Dax is the man that this other guy, Jay, I'll, I'll might as well name him now. So Jay's the one that went to the RCMP and said these things. Um, so Dax was Robert's essentially landlord. Uh, so December of uh, 21st of 2002, so this is before the end of the year, uh, just a few weeks after Robert had gone missing, Jay said that Dax had picked him up for a night out, and they were also with another friend named Michael. Uh, they did some bar hopping until Michael had to leave to go pick up a friend. Dax told Michael to take his truck. Uh, Jay and Dax stayed at the bar and continued to drink. Jay also said that Dax's mood began to change the more he drank, usually as it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, say, been there. Yeah. Eventually, after a lot of alcohol, Dax asked Jay if he could trust him, to which Jay said, of course, uh, he could trust Dax. Not a big deal. Uh, or that Dax could trust him. Sorry. The next thing Dax said to Jay caught Jay off guard, and he said that uh, Robbie was gone. Um. And Jay assumed that Dax meant Robert, his roommate. So uh, so Dax repeated that Robbie was gone a few times before Jay finally asked for clarification. Dax replied with Robbie's dead. And when Jay asked Dax if he had outsourced it, so meaning wow. somebody got somebody <laughs> else to do it. Such, Dax, I love how that's the first question. Yeah, no Not, kidding, right? I'm sorry. Did you what? just say he's dead? Can you say that again? It's yeah. just, oh, did you do that? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he asked uh, if he had outsourced it. Dax had replied that he had done it himself. Uh, he also expressed that he was unsure why the RCMP hadn't come knocking on his door yet. Like, huh. so th at this point, they have not checked, even done a welfare check to see if Robert was even home. And it's been over a year? Well, no, not at this point. It's only been a, like a couple months. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, still, it's a couple months, so. Yeah. So, so yeah. What, what I find interesting is how he instigates this conversation. So, you know, <laughs> they ask him if you trust him, which is, you know, insinuating, I got something big to tell you, right? Yeah. And then instead of just coming out and saying, you know, Robbie's dead, he starts off with Robbie's gone. Robbie's gone. Robbie's got like, like poking the bear. Like, are you gonna ask me Yeah. or do I have to fucking spell it out for you? Like almost <laughs> like he's very reluctant. Like he wants to get it off his chest, but at the same time, he's like still not like a little wavering on whether or not he could trust his friend. 
Yeah. Or something. I just find that really weird. Instead of just saying it, he's like dancing around it, you know, until he trips and falls on his face. Exactly. Oh, and he falls on his face hard. (laughs) So after the two uh, left the bar, Dax told Jay more details about what he had done. He said that he had driven Robert's body to his dad's farm and had burned the body for three days. How that? Really? Yep. Well, on the plus side, there is now a location. Okay, there's a location. Yep. There's a reason as to why they didn't find a full body. That's good. Yep. Two. How far? It's got to be super difficult to keep a body roasting for three whole days. It takes effort and commitment. Without someone noticing. Yeah. Like, what does he tell his dad? Oh, I'm just going to have a bonfire for three days. Yeah. Don't don't come over here. I just got some trash. I'm going to burn some trash. You know, there might be some, you know, leftover meat in there. So it might smell like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it makes me wonder how all the side conversations would have gone. Now, granted, like around here, um, there are a multitude of locations where you could burn a body for three days and no one would, no one would know because I mean, you're far enough out that. You know, no one's going to smell it. No one's going to see it. No, they they might see some smoke. Yeah, but, but I mean, if, if you're on around farm, here, we all kind of yeah. out in the country. You mind your business. You know, you well, don't and you, you don't dick around. I would assume, like, if I saw smoke coming from a, a neighboring farm or something, I'd be like, oh, they're probably just burning a brush pile or yeah. something like that, right? Like, it wouldn't. Yeah, it something wouldn't like concern that. You me. wouldn't even. You wouldn't even question it. Nope. And, you know, and I wouldn't either. So we yeah. actually had. I lived out in the country, and our our neighbors. They burnt the trash. Yeah, we and used the brush, to on they'd the you know trim the trees. They'd cut the grass and the, they'd burn it. And so it it wasn't anything out of the ordinary for us to see you know random bits of smoke and, and stuff like that. So I mean, unless they were close enough that you would get that very distinctive smell, yeah, then he could have totally got away with it. Exactly. Uh, so Jay was unsure if he should believe Dax or not, and Jay did start to be con- uh, concerned for his own safety, because, I mean, if this guy just randomly killed his roommate, as far as he knew, like, he didn't know there were any issues, um, yeah. he was concerned, right? This guy just told me he murdered somebody. Now, what does that mean for me? So he went to someone he knew at the RCMP station, so um, a friend, uh, to tell them what he had been told, which, I mean, good for him, good for Jay. I mean, it's okay. So this other guy, this Dax guy was dumb enough to confide in the friend who was also friends with the fucking policeman. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, probably not the best idea. Nope. I feel like that was, that was a bad move. We're just going to assume that he did not know that he was friends with the police officer. And and maybe that's the case. So or maybe he just didn't have any other friends. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, he was, loser. maybe he was just that drunk and really was not thinking about it. Oh, uh, true. True. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about the liquor. Yeah. So it took a week um, after Jay approached the RCMP for the connection between Robert's missing person report and Jay's information uh, before they were connected, before the police were like, oh, wait a minute. This guy's missing, and this guy said he killed him. Hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so Jay was asked by the RCMP to come give a recorded statement, like a proper statement. So he had to 
go over this twice. During the conversation between Dax and Jay, it had come up that Dax was not really a fan of his roommate and that Dax suspected that Robert had been stealing money, um, specifically money from his son's piggy bank because his son lived with him. Um, I totally see that. Drug addicts do some weird shit. Yep, they do. Um, And using Dax's, I'm assuming, landline phone um, because nobody would use their cell phone let their roommate use their cell phone so much that it was an issue um, and was also doing drugs in the house. So Dax was brought in for questioning and he told the RCMP that he had no idea what the hell they were talking about. Oh, of course not. Well, yeah. Cause why would you admit to the cops? I mean, yeah, totally, right totally burnt that. I mean, they hadn't looked into you yet. So why would you say anything now? Yeah. Um. So this is where the RCMP decided to use their, and I'm putting in quotation cause this is the name that they use for it, Mr. Big tactic um, <laughs> to get the evidence they needed. So what the Mr. Big tactic is, um, is basically, uh, and they use this a lot when they need, they basically need a confession because they don't have enough physical evidence to really put some away for somebody or uh, for something. So what they'll do is they get a bunch of undercover cops. These things are, these organizations, they're super expensive. It costs a lot of money. They have to go through so many different levels of approval to even run one of these stings. Um, and they'll get some, an undercover officer to pretend that they're somebody of a shady variety yeah. um, to befriend the suspect. Um, and basically they're part of a gang and there's a whole big crime organization. And what they'll do is they'll befriend this person. They give them like, hey, you know, if you help us out a little bit here and there. We'll give you cash. We'll pay you for it. Um, they give them basically as incentives to join this gang and work for them. And, of course, all these crimes that they commit, they're all set up. So the, yeah. the, the victims in them are also undercover officers. There's... All the other members in the gang are undercover officers. But they couldn't afford to just send somebody to the fucking house to look for him. Yep. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying, yeah. It's 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 as I said, it's kind of a controversial topic. Um so, just it sounds okay, it sounds familiar, and I don't know if it's because I'm just familiar with like the setup because it's in like all the cop shows. Mm-hmm. But isn't Mr. Big the name of somebody who's like in Spider Man? There, I there's, an animated, there's an animated Spider-Man, yeah. uh, Spider-Man uh, multi-universe or whatever. I don't know. My kid loves it. And I swear, this, it's like, and he's like this huge, I mean, huge motherfucker in like this black suit and he's bald. He's got like, like he's got no neck, but he's like a bad guy and Maybe. he's like running the whole show. And I think they call him Mr. Big. Yeah. See, to me, it just sounds so cheesy. And I, think, right? and I don't know if it's just because I listen to so much true crime and shit all the time that I'd be like automatically suspicious if somebody come up to me. Yeah, you need to talk to Mr. Big and confess to him like your worst crime so that we can trust you. Because basically yeah. that's what they do. They they work up they work up a almost a dependence on this income that you're getting from working for them. And then eventually at some point they're like, we really would like to move you up in the gang, but it needs to be approved by Mr. Big. Um, So you need to have a meeting with him. So these criminals meet with Mr. Big and Mr. Big is like, I need to be able to trust you. We've heard that you may have done something, but we need to know all the details. So we know if it'll affect the group. Which I mean, technically kind of makes, except for the weird Mr. Big thing that makes sense. And, well, yeah. and in, the, 
in that movie, I mean, Mr. Big is like the head of this big, like underground, you know, organization and you mm-hmm. have to go through Mr. Big. So it's, I'm almost wondering if they like, if either they based the character off of the system or they referred to the system off of the character. You know what I mean? Who knows? Because it's awfully ironic that they are so similar. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, uh, but it's, it's kind of controversial because in a way it, it kind of comes across as entrapment to a certain oh, extent. I mean, straight up. I mean, yeah. You're setting like the biggest fucking trap ever. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, okay. All right. You know what? We're not going to just beat around the bush. I'm just going to fucking shoot it and you guys can swallow or spit. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing this is primarily happens with men. It, I'm sure it could go either way. Yeah. But they, there's been cases where it's been men and women are this like a group, like a husband, wife are mm-hmm. like the suspects. Um, there was actually another case. Uh, it was actually one of the first, um, there's a podcast out there called crime beat and it's actually a criminal. She she does a lot of crime cases. She's a reporter for, I think it's global news Calgary and uh, it's her first episode. And it is such a hard one to listen to because it involves um, basically the torture and beating of a child. Oh yeah. It, it was rough. It was really, really rough to listen to. Um, but they actually, how they caught them in the end was one using one of these Mr. Big stings. Yeah. Cause the issue, the main issue that, that I'm seeing is, okay, you're, you're in this gang, you have that gang mentality where it's, you know, I'm a hot shot. I've got to be like, I've got to prove to this Mr. Big that I'm bad enough to be moved up or I'm bad enough to like, you know, continue to, to be part of this gang. Like, don't, you know, yeah, me in the head or something, and because well, the money's so they, money's there, right? Yeah, like, and and so they have, I mean, huge, huge incentive to tell the wildest story that they could come up with to yeah. make them sound appealing to Mister Big, even if it's not true. Exactly, and that's one of the things that is. Uh part of it and i i do believe in most of the mr big stings how it ends up working out is any of like the videotaped and recorded confessions are usually not admissible in court here in canada but what the judge will usually allow is the testimony of all the undercover officers based on what they remember and their notes that they took during the operation so that's admissible but not the actual recorded confessions I think here we're all just kind of assholes and they just want to like close the fucking case. And so they'll just take whatever confession that there is and then just be like sold. You're going to prison. Like, yeah, they don't care. They just want to close the case and move on, Um, which I don't agree with necessarily. But now if it was, you know, he spins his tail, he pours his guts out to Mr. Big, who, you know, is obviously like, you know, cop. Then if they then take that information to find evidence, against the guy then i think you can use you should be able to use the confession in court and i think that's but, kind of what they they try and do with these is they try and to find stuff that they can use yeah like I, I feel like you know but if he if he confesses and none of the things add up or they can't you know validate any of the information then it shouldn't be admissible 
Exactly. So I think whether or not evidence comes from the confession should determine whether or not it can be used in court. Yeah. And I think there's a whole process with that when they, they go yeah. over what evidence is admissible. Um, so with this, knowing that Dax had a regular DJ gig, so this is how the whole operation started. Um, uh, the, they, he had a regular DJ gig at a local club. The RCMP decided to use that place as the place where they would have their meet cute <laughs> like you know oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> uh so what they did was they had um an undercover officer went to the club and this they brought attractive women with them who are also undercover officers uh and such a hot cops yeah and uh I'm so in. They, <laughs> they, they wanted to get this guy's attention right so they figured what better than women? So, uh, what, and after is he, is he at any point thinking like, "Damn, this is ironic." Like, I'm in this place that you know has a story for me, and then now all these like sexy ladies like are interested. Like, what? He's, <laughs> a couple things. One, like me being skeptic that I am, I'd be like, "This is kind of weird. Something seems off. Like, this isn't right." But you know, this motherfucker is probably just like tossing him back, and he's like, "Hell yeah, ladies, let's do this!" And like, he just thinks he's the luckiest man in the world probably with men i don't get it yeah so after about a week of hanging out with dax uh because they befriended him um and becoming very friendly with the undercover officer the undercover officer offered him a chance to make some extra money on the side oh so, more oh yes uh so the undercover officer told that uh dax he needed to help uh he needed help with a job that the boss of the criminal organization he worked for had given him they were to go acquire some property from a guy who owed them money. Uh, Dax said, sure, I'll help you. Because, you know, hey, if I'm getting paid, I need the money. Yeah. Uh, so they took Dax's truck and went to the guy's house, repossessed a quad, so an ATV, uh, as well as collected $200 from the guy. This guy was also an undercover officer, obviously. <laughs> So the undercover officer then said they would need a rural location to store the quad for now in hopes that Dax would offer up his father's land and possibly reveal the location of where he had burned Robert's body. So Dax, of course, offered up his dad's property. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they took the quad out there and stored it for a while. A few days later, the undercover officer told Dax they were to move the quad to one of the boss's warehouses. So they did. On the drive, they chatted. So Dax brought up that Robert uh, brought up Robert during the conversation. He told the undercover officer that Robert was a crackhead. He also mentioned that he had tried to uh, get Robert into rehab but had been unsuccessful. Um, I believe he said that it cost him like sixteen hundred bucks to try and get this guy into rehab, but wow. the guy bailed. So Robert, uh, oh, he said Robert went on. Uh, had then had gone missing he then told the undercover officer the same story about robert stealing money and that he had uh, it was the same it matched jay's story so it kind of corroborates what jay had told the police yeah. uh but then he said he had heard from a friend that robert had left fort mcmurray to go do a dj gig in calgary so oh so he he no longer killed him right Somebody, yeah no like, he, he just, just left <laughs> hmm so Dax was employed by the organization for more repo jobs and even some where he had to handle money. Each time he was praised for his work um, and giving a sense of belonging as well 
as to gain his trust within the group. So finally, after months, it was time for Dax to meet Mr. Big. So the crime boss. I mean, it just sounds like a cheesy ass crime, like mafia movie to me. Yeah. But it is how they do the things this here in Canada. Not once, he's not once been like, something seems weird. Yeah. Like nope. not even, I mean, is this guy just not the brightest? <laughs> I'm going to go with that. But because um, from some of the other Mr. Big cases that I've read about and heard about and stuff, he didn't question shit at all whereas some of the other ones they're kind of like well this seems a little bit too good to be true yeah right but and they were more hesitant about it but eventually caved anyways um so with this one uh, the undercover officer invited dax to a meeting in vancouver with mr big explaining how important it was the undercover officer told him there was potential for more work more money and respect if he played his cards right at the meeting okay yeah uh, so Dax attended the meeting and he did well and was promoted within the group. He was given more jobs and those jobs were even more risky on the crime scale. They were all set up undercover scenarios, obviously, and the bond between Dax and this undercover officer grew. So it's the same undercover officer the whole time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and they became more like friends. And this is... This is exactly what their goal is. They want him to be able to trust this undercover officer, hopefully to a point where he just has verbal diarrhea and confesses. Yes. Yeah. So the undercover officer had a conversation with Dax, telling him about how awesome Mr. Big was and how he had helped him out when he had had, had been attacked. Um, the undercover officer asked Dax if he had ever fought with anyone before. And Dax replied that he had once broke a guy's nose and that there was one other thing, but he couldn't say anything about it. The undercover officer expressed concern and that it could end up affecting the organization. Dax told the undercover officer it wouldn't because the police weren't even looking at him for the incident. Mm. But they are, dude. You're literally just, talking to them right now. Like, why in this whole scenario did they not just pump it full of beer? Well, that probably would have worked. <laughs> yeah. And beer's probably a lot cheaper, but... Yeah. Like, by a long shot. You know, kidding. So, the undercover officer told Dax that the crime boss had told him that if Dax wanted to be part of the gang, that there were three rules that needed to be followed. Honesty. Uh, not to move on someone else's property. And not to take credit for somebody else's work. So... Basically, yeah, those are the rules. So the undercover officer stressed that Dax would need to be completely honest about their this other incident. So Mr. Big knew what they might be up against if it should ever come up. So the undercover officer then asked Dax if the incident had anything to do with someone who wasn't walking anymore, implying they were now deceased. Yeah. Dax nodded his head and then stated that every man has their breaking point. Of course, all of this was being recorded by the undercover officer, and the undercover officer thanked Dax for his honesty. He said he would inform the boss about it and see how to proceed. So Dax's next job would be to drive to Vancouver and deliver a package. While there, he would meet with Mr. Big and discuss the incident with him so that Mr. Big could determine if there was any chance this could come back and hurt the game. So... As the undercover officer and Dax were waiting for more instructions, Dax started to talk to about Robert, 
He told the undercover officer about Robert dealing drugs, about how he had paid for Robert to go to rehab, but that Robert had bailed on it. Soon the two delivered the package in Vancouver, and then they met up with six other top-level members of the crime organization. Of course, all of these members are also undercover police officers. The next day, the duo went to meet Mr. Big in downtown Vancouver. Mr. Big, during their meeting, asked Dax about the incident, but Dax wouldn't divulge any information about it. Mr. Big kept pressing, but Dax wouldn't budge. Eventually, Mr. Big got very mad and explained to Dax that if he wasn't honest about the incident, he would only be given small jobs and never get promoted. Oh, Dax, shit. Yeah, Dax <laughs> replied that he was unable to talk about it because loose, limp, <laughs> loose lips sink ships. <laughs> Did he really, like, actually say that? Yeah. Oh, that's like, awesome. Like, uh, that's a quote. <laughs> um, so the meeting was abruptly ended. Later on, Dax said to the undercover officer that he was not a fan of the conversation with Mr. Big and he had felt a bit stressed out by it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Dax wasn't given any more work. <coughs> and when he asked why, he was told he would have to be honest and open about the incident. So this is kind of where that whole entrapment thing kind of comes into play. Yeah. yeah. So basically they're forcing him to talk about it. And this is where the controversy comes in where people are like, well, maybe he's just going to lie and come up with something. Yeah. I mean, if that's, his li- if, that, if that's his livelihood. Yeah. Then. Now, granted, w- without the pressure. Like as much pressure, he still was willing to say it was a dead man. So, you at least know that. Now, I feel like where he could, like, embellish the details because he's under pressure, but I think he already has said, like, you know, I was involved with this. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on that one. Yeah. So, after some time, Dax decided to meet again with Mr. Big. He told the undercover officer that he was ready to open up and be honest about the incident involving his roommate, Robert. The uh, undercover officer informed Dax that he would have to give details, not just a vague account of it. Dax immediately started to say that he hadn't trusted Robert and had placed a tracker on his phone, and after doing so, he had learned that Robert was selling crack cocaine out of the room he rented from Dax. Dax said that he had shot Robert five times with a rifle, four times in the chest, and once in the back, and Dax said he had burned the body for a few days so there would be nothing left. So, after a little bit, he tried to recant his statement, but the undercover officer opened up and told his own story about how he had killed a guy over a $50,000 debt in hopes that Dax would keep talking. So, try and be like, oh, don't worry, dude. Like, I've done the same. Like, I killed I killed a man, too. Like, we're on the same page here. Like, it's cool. I I, I get you. Like, I'm not yeah. going to, you know, I'm not going to snitch or whatever because, like, I've been there, too. And yeah. I'm still free, right? Like, I'm I'm not in jail. Yeah. It seemed to work, and Dax drove the undercover officer out to his father's property and showed him an area that had a large fire pit. He said this is where he burned Robert's body, and he insisted he was being very truthful. The meeting with Mr. Big happened in Edmonton, Alberta, and he told Mr. Big all the same things he had told the undercover officer. The sting operation had taken five months, but now with two confessions, they placed Dax under arrest for Robert's murder. So a search warrant was taken out on Dax's father's property with the area of focus being the large fire pit that Dax had shown the undercover officer. The ashes were sifted and 4.5 thousand fragments, uh, so four and a half thousand fragments um, of human remains were discovered. 
so shit. yeah like i imagine there was, were probably really tiny broken yeah, down pieces of bone yeah um the remains were determined to be male and approximately 20 uh the of should i say the remains were determined to be male and of that a male of about 20 to 30 years of age so that matches robert's yeah. approximate age uh, no cause of death could be determined though and uh to make a positive id the forensics teams compared uh the remains of a dental bridge that they had found in the remains to the dental records of robert and they were a match oh shit so you just to think if that dental bridge had not been found in those ashes they wouldn't have had a way to truly identify whether or not this was actually robert it could have just been some random man yeah right that's Um, crazy though yeah so also found on the farm were five shell casings from a rifle oh that's ironic yeah so at that point a search warrant was executed on dax's property and two rifles were taken in and one was determined to be a match to the casings from the Mm. fire pit dax pled not guilty and he claimed someone else had killed robert (laughs) of course as you would so uh in april of 2006 so this is like three years later the trial began the defense argued that the evidence collected uh so wiretaps and video uh during the mr big operation were against dax's rights and that the judge did agree to that however the judge did allow for undercover officers to testify from memory as well as any notes they have may have taken um, so the judge also allowed video and audio evidence of Dax's confession. So like specifically just what Dax had said. Yeah. The trial stalled when both sides could not agree about certain things being allowed in as evidence. And eventually the judge declared a mistrial and Dax was released pending a new trial. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> yep. So in January of 2008, so another couple years later, a new trial began. So Jay testified against Dax, saying the same story he had originally told the police. Another person, this Michael guy from that night, um, an acquaintance of Dax, also testified. Apparently, Dax had also told him on a few occasions that he had killed Robert, but Michael just assumed that Dax was full of shit and had ignored it. So according to Michael, Dax had told him that Robert owed him money and that was why he had done what he had done. Wow. Yeah. So the defense lawyer said that Dax had never actually confessed to Jay or Michael. He also said that the only reason Michael had confessed to the undercover officers is that he wanted to impress the gang. Oh, it's not Michael. Jesus. I wrote the wrong name down. Uh, The Dax had confessed to undercover officers is that he wanted to impress the gang and keep the extra money he earned from them coming. Dax also claimed to be afraid that he may be harmed by the gang if he didn't say something. He pointed the blame at Michael, saying that he was the one who had murdered Robert. What? Yeah. So Dax, during his testimony, told the jury that Robert, uh, Michael, and himself had gone hunting. And on November the 6th of 2002, they went on a deer hunt on his father's property. Dax claimed that he had given a rifle to Michael to use, and then the three headed down the trail. The group split up with Michael and Robert going one way and Dax going another. And after a bit, Dax claimed he heard a gunshot, followed by four more gunshots, one right after the other. So he assumed that Michael had shot a deer and then maybe didn't kill it, so had to try to shoot it again. 
and after a while, Dax headed back to the road and found Michael alone. Michael was asked where Robert was, and Michael replied, that's what you get for pissing the off the big boys. Dax said that is when he noticed Robert laying motionless on the ground. Michael stopped Dax from approaching the body and told him that Robert must have gone off to Vancouver again. So basically saying, don't worry about it. Never you happened. Don't see, yeah, you yeah. don't see this. Nothing, nothing see to see it. here. Move on. Move on. Yeah. Dax also claimed that Jay had misunderstood him when he confessed. Uh, he had been trying to tell Jay that Michael had done it. That is so fucking bullshit. Exactly. So Dax, however, could not deny the two confessions to the undercover officers. And he still tried to claim that he only confessed because he was intimidated. Um, despite all of that, Dax was still found guilty of murder. And Dax was given life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. In 2011, Dax tried to appeal his conviction based on rights and whatnot. But the Court of Appeals did not rule in Dax's favor. They said, no, nope, you are still convicted. So good. Yeah, that's how it turned out. And it, it did bring up there was a later case um, that also used the Mr. Big uh, tactic where a father supposedly had killed his two twin daughters by basically oh. drowning them. Um, oh, shit. And they, the only way they could prove anything was by his confession. Cause there's like, there was no evidence, like no physical evidence. Like it was another big deal. And, uh, but with that one, it, it kind of was a lot more difficult to prove that he wasn't feeling just intimidated. Like it was a much bigger process to this whole yeah. Mr. Big operation. So now I feel like, like in that scenario, okay. If you're trying to impress a gang. So the gang, the gang is all about unity, right? They're yeah. all a pack. Like a lot of times if you're in a gang, then you, you're like one big family, right? And, and you, and you take care of each other. So if I was wanting to beef up my credibility in the gang, I would not say I drown my two daughters. Yeah. as trying to, to, to get that extra notoriety because those people are going to be like, oh, my God, you fucking asshole. Like, that's your, like, because if they're your family, they're our family if you're in our gang. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't think gangs, I think they tend to avoid, you know, like, hits on kids, right? Yeah, I still think they have some sort of level of ethics. Or maybe that's just the mafia. <laughs> Who knows? I, never mind. <laughs> gangs are usually kids shooting kids in, in the ghetto. So I could be wrong on that one. I was thinking more like Italian mafia, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I just feel like that's not something that you would want to say to get credibility. Like I, if I was going to embellish a story, I would like kill like anyone else. I would not, you know, claim a family member, especially yeah. my own fucking children to try to get notoriety. Yeah. And I just, I just struggle too. Cause it's just, like I said, like I totally, I totally get that, you know, you need the confession. And, and like in, in uh, Dax's case, you know, he, he confessed to Mr. Big or whatever. Yeah. And, and that confession led to evidence that corrobor corroborated his friend's story. Yeah. So like those, it's like, it's like, you know, boom, boom, boom. We have all these puzzle pieces fitting together. 
uh, except for, you know, his lame ass excuse. Because also, let's think about this. Um, who in their right mind would allow their stepson's friend to chill at their property for three days to burn a body? Well, yeah, like, it's a, it just seems weird. It would have I mean, to be somebody it's... associated with that property to be yeah. able to be there without suspicion for three fucking days. I mean, unless this Michael guy knew his Dax's dad, too, or was like Dax could be like, yeah, cool, dad. Like, this guy's just going to hang out for a while, whatever. And I mean, in Canada, we can be very friendly like that. We were like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, not a big deal. But then well, it depends, right? And I think it's a little bit weird. They never questioned the stepdad to see if he noticed anything. Like, people were burning a body on his property and he wasn't even questioned. Well, yeah, that to me that seemed weird too. Yeah, the the that it just seems odd, and I don't know. It sounds like this guy was just a, a a doucher. But on the other hand, I'm like, why why couldn't he just kick the guy out of his apartment? Well, yeah, like eviction is always an option. Yeah, <laughs> like it, especially if if he's got a kid in the house and and this roommate. It's like snorting coke off, you know, his nightstand. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be any reason well, why that guy can't, you know, get the boot. Well, exactly. And and I know back then, like, it was, like, Fort McMurray is kind of like the Vancouver as far as rental rates and stuff go. Um, it's a lot more expensive in Fort McMurray than it is in other places. Like, it's retarded. Mm. Like, rent for a house there is, like three grand for like a two-bedroom place like it's retarded and um like it wouldn't have like and it was for a while there there wasn't enough housing for the amount of people that were coming in and working in yeah. that area so it wouldn't have been hard for him to go like okay next guy you know yeah so and and to like with this you know oh i was trying to get him into rehab okay listen here motherfucker Rehab 101, it will never work if the person doesn't want to be there. Exactly. Will not work. Yep. Not to mention, why is this guy saying that he was going to shell out 1600 bucks to send his roommate who to he rehab? Thought, who he thought was a piece of shit yeah. to rehab. Like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like he didn't have anything really good to say about this Robert guy. But yeah, yet he was and, like, going you're to send him to rehab. over $1,600? I mean, what kind of bank are these DJs making? Usually not great. Like, I mean, it, it's more of a job you do because you love it, not because you're making bank on it. Because there's, I mean, of all the famous DJs that are out there, it's not because they're just DJing at a club. It's because they're making, mixing their own music. They're releasing it like as if they're a music artist. That's how they get yeah. big. Not because you were like at some random strip club and being a DJ. Yeah, it it's just that that really kind of like caught me off guard because I was just like, that just doesn't make any sense. Because, I mean, like I said, it, I mean, even if the person wants to go to rehab, I mean, it's still super hard for them to, you know, stick with it and, and, and finish and all of that. But especially if it's not that person's idea and they're being like forced into it, it's just never going to stick. Well, and I mean, if you're in an industry where drugs are an issue, which usually nightclubs that's an issue oh, yeah you if you're gonna go into rehab you should not be going back into that kind of environment really yeah, you're just gonna, i mean it 
some people might be able to do it. I'm not saying they can't, but it, it's going to be much harder, you know, to not fall into the same trap. And yeah. not to mention, I mean, most rehab, I mean, I think most rehab facilities, I think you can check yourself out. A lot of them. Yeah. I don't, you can't stay there forced. I don't think. So like, even if he did get him to go, I mean, the guy could just leave. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like that was an actual it yeah, it reason. seems seems a little like I doubt oh, he that wouldn't that go actually to re- happened. He wouldn't go to rehab, so I killed him. That doesn't make any sense. No, that's really a bad excuse for murder. Yeah. I mean it it wasn't like he was directly like physically harming your child. He was stealing from his piggy bank, which I mean, yeah, that's shitty, but that's not a now, reason granted, to kill someone. If I had a roommate and say I like walked in or something and I like saw them snorting cocaine at like in the same house that my kid was in. Yeah. Oh, you bet your ass. It'd be on. I'd be like, you get the fuck out of my house right now. Like pack a suitcase. Yeah. Like you got to go. But you kick them out. You don't kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, um, I mean, I, he didn't snort cocaine, but I, I lived with this guy. So this is this is a fucked up story. Um. So before I had children, so keep in mind, I was like this little skinny thing with like huge boobs and red hair. I mean, it was not hard for me to get attention from people back in the day. And this, this guy lived with me and, but he was like real fucked up. So (laughs) like he couldn't have sex with me unless he was watching porn and he wouldn't even look at me. He'd be like watching the TV the whole time. Oh, like okay. I was just like a warm body that was just there. It was yeah. <laughs> or yeah, it was disgusting. It's cringeworthy now that I think about it. Um, but anyway, so I've always been um real big on like just don't like I don't want any illegal bullshit in my house. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't care. Like you're not allowed to drink unless you're 21 and I better see your fucking license. Uh like, you know, nothing. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I know there it's legal and, and all of that, but you know, here it's still not legal to like smoke weed. So I'm like, I don't want any of that shit in my house. Yeah. Partially because like the, one of the main reasons, one, I, I don't want that around and then have somebody like show up and then like I'm associated with it. And then I get in trouble. Yeah. And I didn't even do anything. And I, I know someone, you know, they, they started smoking weed in, in like high school, you know, and, and they smoked weed for a while and, and drank a little bit. Then they, you know, tried cocaine and it's like they snowballed. So then they got hooked on meth. Like it, oh, it, it, God. Just, it, it just, it kept piling up until they hit meth. Then yeah. it was like in and out of jail. Then it was, you know, stealing. And then it was enough stealing that they went to prison. And oh, it's, wow. just, it's, it's been horrible. I mean, this ruined their life all because they started smoking weed in there in high school. Yeah. And then they started drinking and then they started doing like, they just couldn't stop. Right. And I know everybody's like, oh, no, you can just totally smoke weed and not do anything else. Well, maybe for some people, but for some people, it literally is a gateway. Yeah, they start it, it just that. depends depends on their personality and who they are and yeah, what they've exactly. been through or in and what they're like, exposed to. Right. Because all yeah. it takes for you to be at a party and somebody be like, hey, you want a bump? And they'd be like, OK, cool. And then you find yeah, like, you really like it. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I was always, you know, and I told him because he used to smoke. And I was under the impression because I told him, I was like, you can be here. I said, but no, like, don't bring that shit in my house. Mm-hmm. Don't bring that shit on my property. 
Like, yep. fucking no. I'm like, get the hell out. If, if, if that's what you want, get the fuck out. And yep. so supposedly he quit. And I have sleeping problems. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Yep. And um, I had, you know, woke up in the middle of the night. And I, like, stick my arm out. And I'm like, he's gone. And I'm like, what in the morning? Where the fuck is he at? Yeah. So I was like, you know, looking around the room, nothing, you know, check the bathroom. There was no one in there. Like I'm looking through, and it's like this little trailer, you know, and I had like a front porch, back porch. And I'm like looking around the trailer. I'm like, well, he's not in here either. I'm like, well, that's fucking weird. Well, his parents live next door. Oh. To us. And so I like looked at the front window, nothing. And so I opened the back door and I peeked my head out and him and, his, and I could smell it from a mile away. Yeah. And him and his dad are toking it on the back porch. <laughs> I was fucking livid. And I was just tired of living in that shithole anyway. So like I just straight up bailed. Like I, I told the lady like we were both on the lease and I was like, I got to get the fuck out of there. And I just packed up my shit and I just got the fuck out while he was at work one day. And he just yeah. came home and I was just gone. And I was yeah. like, here's the lease, bitch. <laughs> left him have but either. like that's the thing it's like you could always either you leave or you get them out you know what i mean you don't have to like i didn't like murder him yeah you know so yeah no there's always uh, other options before murder there always is yeah. always. i mean they might not be as fun but well i mean it depends <laughs> <laughs> see i, I just i just look at i like for me i don't think i could actually murder somebody because then you got to clean up and you got to do get rid of evidence and i'm like Ugh, that just sounds like work i'm so lazy I'm when it comes really to incriminating <laughs> i tell my husband and he thinks i'm crazy because i'm like on one hand i want to do it because i want to know how it feels see and i think that's just intrusive thoughts like it's like, just curiosity right like i really want to know how it feels but i told him i was like but on the other hand i don't because i think i'm gonna like it Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I'm going to want to stop. And he's like, should I be concerned? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, I have enough sanity to not do it. But I'm just thinking. I'm like, just if, you know, you try to, you know, picture it in your head. And I'm just like, you know, I'd probably enjoy this. Yeah, I'm like, see, I, I, should, I don't think I, should I could. Do I really, really don't think I could. I don't think so. And I think oh, it's I'm because, crazy. like, when I'm listening to these cases, and especially the ones that are descriptive about how the deed happened, I'm like, yeah, no, that, no, that, I couldn't do that. Like, I, cause I can, I, as I said, I think in pictures and I'm very vivid. They're in color. And yeah. it's like, I can just really picture it. And I'm like, I don't think I could do that. So now some of them, I'm like, eh, like that wouldn't be my cup of tea. <laughs> but some of them, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see that. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like poison, not the way to go. That's no fun. Like, don't poison anybody. Yeah. It's just a long, drawn-out process. Then you got to, like, wait for him to die. And then you didn't even actually do anything except sit and watch. Yeah. I'm more interactive want to be a murderer. <laughs> See, and, and what was it? Melissa and I did a case uh, not that long ago. It's a two-parter. Um, it's the one of, um, oh, crap. I'm I'm tired, so I can't remember what her name is right now. Um, but it was this nurse in ontario and she actually would kill elderly patients like in like long-term care yeah. with in insulin because it wasn't yeah. something that was common to be checked on a talk screen and a lot of times the way 
um, the the process of death would go was similar to how a lot of these elderly people would just die of old age. So, and a lot yeah. of times it wasn't checked. Uh, doctors would just sign up. Yep. Old age. Cool. Okay. And so she got away with it for so long. And eventually she got to a point where she was just like, yeah, I did this. And they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, and she killed like eight people before oh, she finally crap. got caught. Yeah. And it was, and she had eight people she killed and I think she had like four people that she attempted to kill, but they didn't actually die. They managed to survive it. So, oh wow, yeah, it was fucked up. Like, see, I just feel like whenever you like poison people with stuff, I'm like, it's just like a long waiting game, you know? Depends. Apparently, with insulin, it's not that long. <laughs> Especially because hmm. she even experimented. She used because there's short acting insulin, which the effects take the they happen a lot yeah. quicker. And then she also experimented with long acting insulin and stuff, and so. And then the one she actually used both. So oh, it was, shit. yeah, it was messed up. Like, and she had access to all these like drugs because she was like the head nurse uh, on the night shift. And so nobody questioned her for the most part. She even confessed to um, this poor 18 year old. Um, I guess she was like a nurse in training or whatever and confessed to her. And then, the girl's like, I don't like that. I'm going to tell somebody. And she's like, well, they're never going to believe you because you're new and I've been doing this for forever. So oh, my shit. word over yours. And so the girl was actually scared and never told anyone. That's just fucked There's something up. going on outside my window here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like halfway expecting like the door to open, but like no one's home. So it shouldn't open. Kind of creepy. Yeah, see, everybody in my house is still asleep right now because we stayed up way too late last night and got way too much sun yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool, though. I, your pictures and everything were pretty sweet. Yeah, the air show wasn't that bad. It was I, I've never been to an air show before, um, and I kind of honestly hope they do it again now that we know where we would rather sit than where we did because you could actually we were sitting kind of near the food vendors so you could hear all the generators. So it was hard to hear the announcer guy. Hey, you did I not in. Uh, <laughs> here comes say, say hi this is Linnea hello <laughs> I love you don't give me a smooch real fast it's okay you can smooch me on the podcast it's okay oh yeah it happens all the time I mean well not smooching but like my kid mm-hmm. comes in and interrupts us all the time <laughs> I love you be careful okay okay <laughs> that's really weird like i was just there i'm like something's going on and I'm, the door's gonna open and then all of a sudden like, your I, husband shows up <laughs> yeah it scared the crap out of me <laughs> well at first i didn't like it's like i didn't register that it was my husband i just saw someone and i'm just like oh shit and i'm like oh wait just kidding i know you it's okay never mind not stranger danger we're good <laughs> well there's nowhere for me to run there's only one door <laughs> so that's <I'm>, true <laughs> yeah Although I do have a lot of weapons. I got a screwdriver in here. Well, there you go. I mean, I guess I could experience that murder feeling. (laughs) We're just talking about. (laughs) Be down death by screwdriver. It happens. Not me me dying, but you know. (laughs) That's true. That'd be painful. Oh, God. I I imagine that would not feel good. My heart's still beating really fast. (laughs) He scared the crap out of me. Yeah. So that's. What happened with Robert Lavore? <laughs> yeah, that's 
I don't know. I'm I'm totally good with him using the thing. It sounds like you know he obviously did it. I know he's trying to say that he didn't, but I'm pretty sure you know with all the evidence, he fucking did it. I I understand why they use it. I understand the process. I just the thing that I can't understand is how these criminals don't can't see the signs of how cheesy it comes across to the rest of yeah. us. Well, my thing is is I wonder if in different scenarios they give Mr. Big a different name. Maybe. Because I feel like if you do it enough times, then everyone's going to be real skeptical about Mr. Big. Yeah. And it won't work. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe they just, that's what they keep calling it. Maybe in the actual case or scenario, they they do have a different name for the guy. I don't know. Because that's not really divulged to us, so. Yeah. But it, it just still seems kind of, like the timing would be too convenient, in my opinion. Yeah, I, well, and I guess red flags maybe, would be popping up for me. Yeah, like maybe they didn't say anything like to the family because they were planning this to begin with. Now, and I, think, I think that's a lot of what it was. And so in that case, Robert's family, their intuition was correct that yeah. something else was going on and the police couldn't say anything to them because that could put the whole investigation in jeopardy right yeah and so another thing i'm struggling with here is so they went they orchestrated this whole fiasco planned it got the people they're forking out all this dough to make sure it happens yeah all this dude did was was which this is bad on my behalf but all he did was kill one person which is still, you know, yeah, that's sad. That's, you know, not a good thing. And he didn't deserve that. Yeah. I get that. But my thing is, is that's a lot of resources. For that, one guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, if it was like, we're going to set up the sting operation for like uh, Ted Bundy or like Gacy or, or something like that. Like I would, I would be more understanding of why they utilized it. Yeah. But just for because sometimes they set up these sting operations and it's not even for murder so like they've they've had these like operations and it's been like our uh larceny or uh arson or sorry i'm getting messages from my kid (laughs) be home soon um but it's just crimes that are not either either not violent or just seem kind of you know like check fraud. Yeah, which which I know is bad, but like in my head, I'm like, is it really that bad that you need to like set up this whole sting operation to get this person for a bad check? Yeah, that seems a bit much. You know what I mean? Like, there's people out there that have multiple murders under their belt and they're still just walking around because like nobody's even trying to do anything yeah it it's it seems- or my thing is it's like missing people or like all these you know child trafficking situations like i'd load all the fucking money into that shit well no that's kidding. where it needs to go well and like here in canada one of our <laughs> big um issues is uh if you ever take the time to look into it is uh missing and murdered indigenous women and basically indigenous people in general um oh yeah nobody cares about that 
yeah no and it, it's it, we have a in in bc it's called the highway of tears and so many um indigenous women have gone missing and the only people who seem to give a shit are their families and yeah some of us that are really into following these cases um and i know like one of the cases i did cover um about amber tuckero she went missing um and eventually they did find her remains near edmonton um there they just they just the effort wasn't put in there until quite a long time later like after they found her remains and even then like they still have no idea they have a recording of this guy's voice because she was on her phone because she knew something was wrong (laughs) and so you can hear this guy's voice and that's that's what they have to go on and but nobody nobody recognizes this voice so and they they wonder yeah they wonder if this guy may be in connection with a lot of there's a lot of women especially native women that go missing around Edmonton and turn up their remains turn up in the same kind of rough area around the outskirts of the city. And there's people who have their suspicions that there's either one or more than one, I guess for lack of a better term, serial killer that targets this specific demographic around that area. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And it just, it it is really frustrating sometimes when, you know, something gets reported and based on just the simple description of the person, they determine whether or not they're even going to like investigate it. Yeah. And that, they, they that just happens this, a lot. This, like this, the stereotype of, you know, oh, you know, they didn't fit in or whatever. So they probably just ran away. It's like, where the fuck are they going to go? You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. how are they going to get anywhere? Exactly. And it's just really frustrating to have now some of the situations and, I know, like, I, I struggle with, there's people that are like, oh, well, like, you know, this type of person, they never care about them and blah, blah, And I'm like, that's, okay, that's bullshit. I mean, maybe where you're at, but I know, like, like, here, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, purple, green. They don't give a shit. If something happens to you they're gonna investigate it like here like they just they don't care they, they, they come in they do their jobs yeah like i've never seen or heard anything in the contrary of that like they they do a great job here where i'm at that's so, that, well that's good i'm glad to hear that there are places but i mean I, but i'm sure it. there are places which uh i'm gonna see both sides of the fence here um there, there are some places where that that happens um and i think a lot of it's usually like in like inner cities or big cities you know where there's there's more people uh which i would only imagine it'd be harder to investigate it anyway if you don't have any more police i mean i mean around here people are being fucking stupid and their theory is defund the police it's like well then who the who, who are you gonna call when something happens oh the police oh wait you already took all their money so they don't have a police anymore so well, good luck. Yeah, like oh, how and does you want to get rid of your things? firearms too. Oh, have fun. How about yeah? It's like okay, we want to get rid of cops and guns, but then who are you going to call when something bad happens to you? Exactly. You it's- know what I mean? And I can see it. And there are some instances where, because of how the police are treated, I mean, on one hand, it's their fucking job. They shouldn't 
let that affect them. Yeah. But as a human, me being me, if I was a police officer and a certain type of person was treating me a certain way, to be honest, I might not care as much when they need my help. Yeah, it makes you, it could make you definitely question how like, much effort. This is why I'm not a police officer because, like, I, one, I'd probably just shoot everybody. And two, it's just, I know me personally, like, I can't, some of the stuff that they go through, I I, can, I wouldn't be able to get over it. Yeah. You know, and be able to move on and, and be, you know, non-judgmental over anything. And, like, it's all kinds of stuff. And yeah. it's just, like, here. I mean, even though, like, our police, they do a great job and they go everywhere, there's, like, couple places that, like, I wouldn't go because of the people that live there. Yeah. Like, if somebody called and they were like, oh, we got a whatever number over at this address, I'd be looking around being like, you gonna fucking go? Because I ain't going. Like, I'm not doing it. I don't want to go over there and deal with that that crazy. And, you know, you get, like, the group and they're all, like, methed out in their trailers, you know, and no one wants to deal with that. (laughs) No, that's, it's never fun. It's not a not a great job and i imagine they come across a lot of shit and you see a lot of shit and you deal with a lot of shit and yeah. it affects I feel like you. they don't get they don't get it i feel like they don't get enough credit for the shit that they deal with yeah it just overall and it's just like there and it's not just police officers i mean it's stuff like like a doctor right Doctor, first responders. I see a lot of doctors. And for the most part, like this one guy, he took my appendix out a few weeks ago. Uh, I met him a couple hours before we did surgery and then like right before I went back into surgery and then never saw him again. Dude doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care about me. You're just another person that comes through his day. He's just just going in doing his job and getting the fuck out. Like he does not care about me. And then whenever I, even when I went for my follow-up later to make sure that like, everything was healing right, which yeah. it wasn't, I, I saw some lady I'd never met before. Mm-hmm. She had no clue what happened, like, at all. Yeah. So it, it's just really frustrating that, like, you know, some people get, uh, you know, lifted up on this pedestal and sometimes I don't necessarily, I mean, yeah, you know, they save lives and all that, but they also kill people. Yep. Like I've almost I've almost kicked the bucket on more than one occasion because of bad information a doctor was giving me and I questioned it because it didn't make sense. Yep. And then I found out from another doctor that had I followed that doctor's instruction, I would probably have been dead. Yeah, which is unfortunate that that yeah. and, happens. And so I struggle with that because it's like, you know, some of these people that see so much and they go through so much and, and it is it is hard on them. Now granted, like like here like, we're a small town. Like, you probably have, like, you know, some drug stuff, some, you know, uh, domestic violence stuff, uh, maybe some child abuse stuff, maybe if I had to guess. Um, but, like, nothing, like, super major. I mean, yeah, child abuse is bad, but I'm not talking, like, mm-hmm. you know, horrifying child abuse. I mean, like, you know, you spank a kid, somebody reports you for child abuse. Like, right. that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, there, there's not a lot of craziness that happens around here. But a while back, which is a case at some point we're going to cover it, it's probably going to be a two-parter on ours. Um, 
we had a case like in our town and it involved a, a child like a little little child like defenseless couldn't do anything to defend herself baby yeah. oh god and it was mortifying what she went through i mean horrible like made me nauseous just thinking about it and in my head i'm going you know our officers and stuff are trained but i'm like for these people to show up at that scene and see that yeah and then to 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 go home and just live there i can't get past that like I, i couldn't do it i'd be done there's no way like even the medical examiner was like, "This is like the worst case I've seen ever." Yeah, that's not cool. And she was just a little baby. So I don't know. I just feel like we need to give credit where credit's due. I know some cops are assholes, just some, like some everybody. <laughs> but I know a lot of cops, and, and they're all pretty cool. So I mean, the, except for that guy that pulled me over a few years ago. I mean, he was kind of a dick, but. In his defense, I wasn't being very nice to him either. <laughs> but yeah, okay. And then that, a case like that, then it's like, you know, tit for that, right? Like, Yeah, but like, you know, I've been pulled over a couple of times and, and the cop's really cool and it's no big deal. But this one guy was just like, man, he was, whew, he was like on his high horse over a fucking seatbelt. And I was literally crossing the street. That's all I was doing. So, yeah. As I watched multiple people drive by without their seatbelts on, I got pulled over while I was crossing the street. Yeah. So, like, he was, like, waiting for me to leave. And then pulled me over. So, instead of being a nice, polite person, the first thing I asked him was, you know, you could have just asked me for my phone number instead of pulling me over. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was not very nice. So, I deserve that one. But that's just crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird how things totally just go down sometimes with these things. So, oh, but I know, right? It's it boggles my brain some days. <laughs> yeah, so it's like every now and then, like you get something, you're like, this just doesn't make any sense. No, it's like mine. My, my like my stuff is all just kind of like weird shit that may or may not exist. Yeah, for the most part, and so like that's one thing. But like some of the stuff that like really happened, that that's what gets you. You know, uh-huh. the, the tr- our true crime, the true crime half of the podcast is like sometimes I'm like, what the hell? Like more so than like you know the the beast of Bray Road or you know the Fresno Nightcrawlers or you know Bigfoot or you know that stuff. I'm like, oh okay, like I'm cool with that. But like these some of these murder stories, whatever. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I like, guess doesn't make any sense. Well, it's like those all those like family annihilators that kill their whole family because they're having uh, an affair and they don't want to be in a relationship anymore. It's like yeah. divorce is an option, you know. Or, <laughs> like, or you know, they're they're going they're going to hell, so instead he's going to kill them so they don't go to hell. You know, those people. Right? Yeah. It's like um, I can think of so many things you could do before murder, but hey, whatever you do, yeah. you. And that's what I do. Like, and so a lot of times I I think of that. It's like you know you consider what these people are doing and it's it's weird because clearly due to the amount of this type of thing happening 
mm-hmm. there's there's clearly some mindset that some people can get into that other people just can't wrap their mind around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to them, it makes total sense. I mean, they are like locked on. It it makes sense. They've thought about it. It is it is what it is. But but then we have you know like me on some. I mean, sometimes I can get in their head, which is kind of creepy. But but sometimes <laughs> I'm just I'm just like like you said, why not just divorce them? Yeah. Why but, not just leave? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm going. Well, I mean, if you divorce them and then you don't get to see the kids. But it's not that you don't get because, I mean, if you kill them, you don't get to see them. But if you don't kill them and you don't get to see them, then they're over with the other spouse or your spouse. And the spouse, you know, is going to tell them that you're a horrible person. So then you're fighting with them and then you got to deal with your spouse and blah, blah, blah. And like, so that makes sense. It's like, well, we'll just fucking cap them because then I don't have to worry about it. Like, it's just I, I can't deal with the stress. So I'm just going to eliminate the stressor. Yeah. And and some of it is like money. Like, OK, well, if I leave, then they're going to take all of my money. and what am I going to do? Like, I, I can't, you know, live off of the amount of money. And, you know, then I'm going to have to give money to this bitch or whatever that is like a total asshole. And I'm going to have to feed her money every month or every week. Like, I would rather, you know, I, I, I could, this is where it gets, where I get kind of like, oh shit. Okay. I get it. So I'm like, me personally, if I was like, oh, I have to, supply a bunch of money to this person because we're divorced and that person is a piece of shit that treats me like garbage all the time and pisses the money away instead of using it on the kids or their spouse who's a piece of shit takes all the money and like goes and gets her hair done or nails done not that i've been in the situation before but something like that I could totally see. I would rather fucking kill you and go to jail than fucking pay your ass to support her. I would. I mean, I can. I get it. I get it. Most of the time, I get it. Yeah. Don't get the kid. Like, I'm never down for killing kids. Never. There's always. I mean, if even if it's a, like a monster child, or whatever, just lock them up in an institution. You know, put them up for adoption. Like, whatever. Just, just get rid of it. There's still other options before yeah. murder. <laughs> you don't have to kill them. Like. You know, it's like that. That's the thing that I'm like, I don't get that. But some of them, where I'm like, yeah, if I had to like support you and I had to like pay you money and like I had to suffer in order to make you give you money that you don't even need, you just piss it away. Like, I could totally be down with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that I get. But it, it's just there's so many options that it's hard to put yourself because you're just like the whole time like you know you're watching a you know, crime show or whatever you're like why didn't you just leave like with me which i get it i i get that there's psychological issues and things that tie you down and, and i understand that it's hard and i've been in a situation similar and all of that but it's like you know if you're living at home and you're getting your fucking ass kicked all the time yep get out get out the person's gonna i mean unless they are like physically locking you in the house where you cannot escape there's always time that they're either at work or the you know liquor store or the drugstore or they leave that house at some point there's an opportunity for you to get the fuck out yeah and you know some people are like you know i don't have a place to go i'm like okay I have been in a situation where that has happened. And the moment they laid a fucking hand on me, the next day I waited for them to be on work 
And I called three of my buddies with their pickup trucks. We loaded up all my shit, and I was gone before he got off work. Yeah. I was out. And I just vanished. And, like, so I get it, because I've kind of been there, but I also understand that there are some you know situations where it's like, you know, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? But I'm like, you know, maybe if plan it, you know, don't just, like, spur of the moment go, but, like, you know, plan it. I mean, there's there's so many resources out there that you know can help you, and you know you can call or or they have a house or you know whatever, and, and you have those opportunities that you can start getting those resources together, and then wait for the right opportunity. Which I know sometimes it doesn't seem like there's ever a right opportunity, but you just wait for that person to just not fucking be there. Yeah, and like to hell with your clothes, to hell with your jewelry, to hell with everything. You just get the fuck out like just run you know like that's i just had the opportunity to get all my shit otherwise i would have just ran well no kidding you you got to do what you got to do to survive yeah and and it's just it's really upsetting the situations because like i really just wish and it's not just women it's men too i mean men are yeah. in that i mean i've seen women you know wailing on their man i'm like what the fuck are you doing well exactly it goes both ways but there's now, now granted, it affects both people yeah and i think one thing that, that doesn't help is you know we have society now that is you know neutering our men and demasculating them because they're saying that you know masculinity is not okay it's not acceptable mm-hmm. you know so they're you know making them docile yeah and with me i'm like no i'm like i want a fucking man yeah. like i want a man that like here's the if i get mad at you and i throw something at you or I fucking hit you, you better hit me back. I want a man. Like, I don't expect any less. If if I, I I'm not gonna hit you unless I expect you to hit me back. Like that's just how it is. Yep. And it's just unfortunate that people are stuck in those scenarios. Yep. But sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah, so um yeah, so what do you guys have going on coming up? So next week, um, well, actually, I've got a, <laughs> we recorded yesterday. It's going to be released next week. I still have to edit it. That's what I'm going to be doing uh, after I get off with you and before uh, I'm recording with, oh, gosh, I got I to gotta get this right. Uh, crimes. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. I can do this. Crimes, Killers, Cults, and Beers. I right. got to think of the abbreviation in my head. CKCB. All right. So I'm, I'm going to record uh, with those fellas uh, later today. Sorry, my neighbor has his bike out. Oh, I can't hear it. You're good. Oh. <laughs> um, but we're gonna, I'm going to record with them later today. And so in between, we're going to be, uh, you know, editing that. And, and that's one that I'm, I'm super excited about. I mean, the true crime portion, I think, has been, it was just executed, like, you know, magnifique, chef's kiss. And, and the second half is is all of, which is kind of ironic, it's all of my experiences that, that I had in the house that my co-host lives in. Oh, cool. So it spooked her out a little bit to hear about <laughs> some of the shit that happened to me in her house, um, which is great because I like to kind of you know, spook her out every now and then. It makes me, makes me feel good. Um, but it's just with that. And then, you know, we've just got you know, just random stuff, posting stuff. And am I hoping if I can move stuff around, 
hoping we can get a website going soon. So that way all of our stuff will be in one localized area. So that'll be nice. Yeah, that'll make it easier. And, yeah. And I gotta, I'm glad I just said that because I actually have to post an episode on our Patreon page too because I haven't done that yet. <laughs> and I usually do it first thing in the morning. But I woke up this morning to like a dog in my face. And then when I walked out of my bedroom, I realized that he shit all over my floor. Because he's a butthole and he doesn't like to <laughs> shit outside. He Yay. only likes to poop in the house. Like, always does not like to poop outside. Oh, boy. The only way it works is I have to sit out there for like half hour to an hour and he might go. That And then a lot of times, I'll, yeah, I'll sit out here with him. Doesn't matter how hot, how cold, it rain, shine, doesn't matter. I'll sit out here maybe half hour or so. Nothing. We walk in the house within five minutes. He shits on the floor. Oh dear. It's yeah. He's obnoxious. But <laughs> I tell him all the time, like he's cute or he'd be dead. <laughs> I tell that to my backyard. My three buttholes too. The the fuzzy ones. I'm always like, it's so good. You're cute. <laughs> You're lucky. Yep. That was, it's our fuzzy one too. <laughs> Maybe it's a fuzzy dog thing. But he he's just kind of a pain in the butt. But he's adorable and he you know is always there. He's he's a good like emotional support type dog if we could just not have to clean up shit off the floor every day it would be great yeah that would so, be nice <laughs> but yeah i mean we've really just got that um we got oh we had uh we recorded you know next week's episode yesterday and then we also recorded our latest patreon episode that's going to get posted on there too so I- i've got to get that on there um it's pretty cool we did uh last meals of death row so oh, we cool. covered some of those and, th- and that was pretty cool just to see we there there's a few foods that consistently pop up it seems like so people really like their fried chicken and i find that very odd but whatever and uh (laughs) like so but then after that you know we're going to be back to recording a couple episodes a week to try to give us a little bit more cushion and 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 safety because it's like right now we were quite a bit ahead and then i had my surgery she had vacation so we kind of ate through that so now yeah. we're neck and neck and uh, it's not very comforting not having a little bit of cushion. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I understand that one. <laughs> so, but yeah, I keep saying one of these days I'm going to see Melissa on here so I can meet her too. Yeah, one of these days we'll have to do it. Um, She's just so busy during the summer, so it's, it's hard. But um, yeah, we've we're almost at a thousand downloads, so I oh, will be awesome. yeah I'll be announcing the giveaway soon and how to enter into that. So that'll be nice. Um, what else? I just signed up for crap. I should really. I gotta look it up now. There's these two guys. They have a podcast and they oh wrong button. There we go. Um, they uh, have theirs and they it's trying to find the info now i can't remember but basically what their podcast is is they 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 basically kidnap your podcast you set it up you do this whole you can either they just kidnap it and do it for you or you can actually be involved in it where you're actually it's almost like a whole acting scenario where you start recording yours and then they just like burst into the room kind of situation and they take it over and they they basically do an episode of your episode and it's it's kind of really weird. Yeah, it's two guys and it's 
their names and they steal your podcast. And it's some of their podcasts are interesting and their takes on these podcasts and stuff are kind of cool. Yeah. So I've signed up to do that uh, later in September. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So it, I'm not sure. I, I'm a control freak. I don't know if I could, if I could do that. Me too. And it, it it's, uh, it, but I, I'm looking at it this way. And I'm like, it, it could be fun. So why not? And it gets the name of our podcast out there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you more. can always give it a try. Yep, exactly. Hurt, right. But yeah, I'd say we've got we got a few, and then it's pretty cool. So, I mean, we've recorded with you a couple times now, and uh, there's a a pod that I'm on. One of my personal stories is on it, and and they're from I think Maine, mm-hmm. I think. And then um, the, the guys I'm recording with later today, they're from Florida. So, like, it's they're just all over, and it's just super cool, you know, to get with people from different areas. Yeah, exactly. They can't get it spread out there. And I still well, can't cover the fact that somebody in my own freaking job found us through you guys. That I, I love that. I mean, I, as far as in my head, I'm like, we probably still only have like 10 people who listen to us. In reality, it's more than that. But in my head, and this is that imposter syndrome, where it's just like, yeah, okay, we're we're doing okay, but I I won't acknowledge that we're doing as good as we are. Yeah. Well, it's like with me, you know, I mean, looking at our downloads and stuff, I mean, I feel pretty, like, I've been, I was pretty bummed out, like, there for a while, and I'm just like, man, I'm like, it's taking forever, like, I feel like we don't, you know, we don't get a lot, it's usually, I was like, I'm guessing it's probably the same people, like, every week, and, and there's not very many, and I was just kind of like, well, but, but then I kind of switched things around, and, you know, and I, and I was on your, your last episode, and, and, and the other, uh, Beyond the Shadows episode, and, uh, posted some stuff on there and it just handling things a little differently and yeah. and then it seems like it just you know i'm not gonna say it didn't really like explode but it it definitely you know the wheels turning faster like for yeah. sure and yeah. like i yeah. said you know every every hundred downloads I, I make a post and you know i had 200 and then it was like oh my gosh you know like taking forever and i was like man like we're just not and then you know you release that episode they release their episode i think on the same day Probably. And then it was like, then it was like, boom, okay, we're like, we're at 300. I'm like, cool. So I like make my post. And then, you know, before we even release our episode this morning, it was like, you know, almost 350. I'm like, shit. I was like, we're going to make 400 fast. Like, I was like, this is awesome, you know? And, and, and there's a lot of, a lot of good resources out there and, and support groups and stuff on like the different pages and things. And, and it's really cool. So for all, for all your people out there, thank you if you have wandered over to us and listened because we appreciate it. <laughs> oh yeah. And so, I, we're glad to have helped out and stuff too. So that's, that's great. Hey, it's a, uh, you know, two birds, you know, I get to sit here and have fun and you know, we get some people maybe wander over, listen to our thing. So it's a win-win. I'm good. I'll take it. And it saves me from sitting here by myself doing an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was actually, con- I was considering um, adding some additional content to, you know, what we already published. But I was on the fence because, you know, I, I had an idea, you know, I'm kind of tossing it around and I'm just like, man, like really the only way that I'm going to, there's two ways it could go down. Either I record it by myself. Yep. Which I'm not sure about. Yep. <laughs> or I'm going to have to like figure out how the hell I'm supposed to get like someone every single week, mm-hmm. you know, to do it with me, which I'm like, and that just feels like it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. To yeah. try to find like consistently every week somebody to do it and it's just 
you know, doing that, I'm like, uh like, well, I guess if it's not, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about it and, and see whether or not I, I, I'm going to do it. But I think it'd be fun. I, I think it'd be interesting. And I, th- I think the content that I, I'd create um, is something that wouldn't require necessarily more than one person if I didn't have to. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of, you know, banter and stuff like that. It would just be, you know, like fun facts and, and weird stuff that, that happens and stuff. So. I don't think it'd be a lot of a back and forth if I had somebody there. You know, if somebody was there, of course, we're going to banter because it's me. <laughs> so well, <yeah. laughs> it's obviously going to happen. I'm like, I'm a little jokester over here. I get in trouble for it all the time. So, um, but hopefully I don't have anybody, you know, busting into my pod shack, scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> well, at least, at least this time it was somebody you knew. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At least I had a hottie at the door this time. There you go. It'd be like creeper. <laughs> <laughs> death by screwdriver be like i don't know i love how i have all these like i'm in a whole room full of like crazy tools and like the screwdriver is the only thing i have within you know arms reach that i could defend myself with yeah so. <laughs> okay at least i got something i don't even know why the screwdriver's on the table to be honest yeah it seems no like idea. an odd place for it actually i don't know do you think you need a screwdriver to put in an air conditioner yeah, I mean, you could. Some people use drills, though, so. Oh. Well, my husband put the air conditioner in, so I'm wondering if maybe he just used it. the screwdriver off. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he did. Oh, that would be horrific if if you did end up, like, going after him and it was the screwdriver that he last used. <laughs> to help me? <laughs> Using the tool that he used to help me? <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be, like, ironic. There. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be hilarious. But, but yeah, we have some stuff coming down the turnpike and and I got you guys. You're you're on my uh listen at work list. Well, I appreciate and I that. Keep, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not sure if they added you to their list, but now there's like maybe ten other people in my department that also know. <laughs> well that's awesome. So I'm like I just keep sending people. I'm like, oh, go listen. Well, you'll have to like, tell that to them. you'll have to tell that person that uh, found you through us that I appreciate the listen. Yeah, so uh, I was telling. Uh, so Kristen is is the one that sees her, and like I said, I don't I don't know exactly who it is. She just said that she came up to her, so I'll have to you know let her know and be like, hey, tell that person you know they appreciated everything because it's pretty cool. And one of these days, maybe somebody will find somebody through us, and it'll be a good time. Oh yeah, no kidding. So. Yeah. So I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Say, so, uh, we're, I'm at 20%. So that's about where I was at last time. Yeah. Actually, I think you were at 12 last time. Oh, so not, yeah, not really bad. We ran that shit down. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I got to go in there and make sure that, you know, Tiny hasn't deposited any more gifts for me on the floor. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and, you know, Gotta do housework and all that stuff. You know, I still gotta do. So now I have a full time job, part time job, and another part time job. So, oh, you're a busy lady. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm like, um, not to mention, you know, I got laundry that needs done. I got dishes that need to be put away. I got my kid left his blanket on the couch. I don't know why, but he left it on the couch. And yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'm I hate glad. laundry day. Oh, everybody does. 
I usually get my kids to do all the folding because I hate doing it. So, oh, I'm too OCD about it. Like, I'm like, oh, my kid won't touch my underwear, you know, because he's, I'm like, they're clean. It's not like, you know, I rub my ass on and hand it to you. (laughs) I'm like, I clean up your dirty undies off the floor all the time, you know? And and he's like, well, it's different. Not really. (laughs) I'm like, dude, I'm like, have you smelled your clothes? Like, you're, you're basically a teenager. I'm like, you're disgusting. Yeah, pretty much. Like he, even, he even told me because I told him he smelled real bad because he forgot deodorant on with a football practice. And I'm like, dude, you reek. Like you open the door and I'm like, Whoo! like you're bad and nasty. I was yeah. like, you didn't start before you went to bed last night, did you? And he's like, no. I'm like, oh, my God. And like he was even like, my blanket kind of stinks. Can you wash it? And I'm like, OK, when, when your kid tells you he could smell himself. That's bad. You know, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. So. He's got like his whole like there's a hole in his bed sheet. Oh god. Like a a big one. I'm like, what the hell were you doing in here? He's like, I didn't do anything. Like there's a giant hole in your bed sheet. He's like, I know I didn't do it. I'm like, then how did it get there? He's like, well, maybe it was the cat. I'm like, I had the cat's claws removed. Yeah, it's not the cat. <laughs> He's like, well, not her back ones. I'm like, okay, well, I'll give you that. Her back claws are still intact. But I don't think that she ripped a giant hole in your bed sheet yeah so you know instead of blaming it on the dog he blames it on the cat yeah <laughs> so yeah it, i'm just like you're you're ding dong so perfect yeah, well hopefully the sheets show up today yeah we'll have to end up doing this again sometime for sure and i'll we'll have to try and get a time where it works out for you and melissa and we'll just all yeah. do one big episode it, it should be entertaining for sure yeah, because so. uh, actually next weekend, uh, we start football games. Oh, so our football games are every Saturday morning. Oh Lord, at like ten. Yay! So I'm gonna have to finagle sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> to get with you for sure. So, we can figure it out. Yeah, um, but yeah, I should get going. I have some things I got to get done here right away. So. All right, me too. I got to plug in. I got to charge. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right. Awesome. Thanks again. Yeah. See you.